I'm sure you've said before that you are feeling hormonal or that hormones are raging through your body. That's correct. (laughs) We need hormones. Your hormones are always raging through your body. Without hormones, you'd not be growing, you'd not be sleeping, you'd not be doing the things that your body is supposed to do. And we are going to talk about hormones today. I am very interested in what the hormones exactly are in our body and especially when it comes to the menstrual cycle and our periods. My name is Sana, I'm the Period PT, and this is The Period Pod. Welcome to The Period Pod. It's been a little while since the last episode of the pod has been online. Um, The reason is Christmas, New Year's, all those shenanigans that came uh, around that December time. And it's just been, it's been busy, but I've also been taking some time off. I don't do that very often, especially when you're self-employed. All my self-employed people out there will know exactly how it feels because it's really, really difficult to really switch off from work. And I just decided over Christmas and New Year's to really do that. I wasn't on social media. I tried not to work. Not going to lie, I did some work here and there, but I did... um, sort of kept myself on the on the down low and that's why we didn't have an episode of the period pod but I'm back I hope you all had a very good Christmas and a good New Year's uh, as well it was really chilled for me which is exactly how I like it no big parties or anything like that Um, and I hope that 2023 has started well for you and that you are looking forward to the new year it's it's always a bit of a of a thing isn't it that first of january everything needs to be different and we all need to have big goals and big plans for the new year and even though it feels for me like that as well like i have a little bit of a shift going and i have a little bit of a sort of looking forward to the new year and 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 having a plan um i always like just to clean the house you know and to put everything in order to put the christmas tree away i really like doing that i really like putting it up as well but i like that moment of okay christmas is over now um but i'm also here to tell you to to take it easy a little bit and don't get yourself into the big goal setting um, world that is out there. I I do set goals and intentions for 2023, but I do that in a way that is a little bit different from others. I think I just write them down on a piece of paper and I put them in an envelope and I seal the envelope and I don't look at them anymore because if I have to look at them every single day, I just, I'd go mad and I'd be unhappy if I didn't reach any goal. And when you look at it at the end of the year again, so in December, 2023, you it, and and if you if you haven't reached a few goals it's not that bad it just feels like well i've done all the other things and i've done this and that and life got in the way you know but when you have it in front of you the entire time throughout the year 
it it just starts to haunt me. So, yeah, that's my way of uh, of goal setting. But I I also want to tell you to take it easy. Um, as a personal trainer, I obviously see a lot of uptake in uh, people coming to me in January, and it's it's great that people want to live a healthy and active lifestyle. But I also tell them keep it doable. Start small and don't go overboard because. It wouldn't be good if you start running a marathon at day one. You want to start small and you want to start with a few walks and then you start running and then maybe a 5k, maybe a 10k and that's how you build it up. But that takes time. It's not going to be in a few months or a one year that that is going to change. So yeah, breathe. Shall we all breathe together for a little bit here? Um, It's definitely what, uh, what I always need in January. And here in London, in the UK, it is dark, grey, gloomy and bleh. I really don't like January. I'll be happy if we have a little bit more light. I'll be happy if we have more sunlight because that is also going to make me feel a lot happier with my hormones. Um, Great segue there, which is what we are going to talk about today. So... Obviously, you've heard of hormones. You know that hormones have a big, big effect on your life and on your menstrual cycle, which is why we are here. But what exactly are hormones? Where do they come from? What do they look like? What are they called? And why do they have such a big effect on our body? These are all questions that I asked myself and I dove into some books and some websites and some videos. Everything that I am talking about today um, and everything that I used in my research, I will write down in the show notes. So on Spotify, you can see if you um, look at the, the episode of today, you will see the show notes below there and I will link all of the books that I've read. One of the people that is a really big help when it comes to knowing about hormones, about the menstrual cycle, about anything that's got to do um, with your uterus, basically, and with your ovaries. Uh, One of the people that is really good at explaining that is Alyssa Vitti. Um, So I've read two of her books and a a lot more other books, but I, I will put them in the show notes so you can have a look at that as well. And... TED Education, I think is what it's called, which is the uh, sort of sub-branch of the the, the TED Talks uh, people. They do a really good um, YouTube channel and they have a few good videos on hormones as well. So let's start with what hormones are. You cannot see hormones. They are more of a solution in your blood plasma. So think about when you put salt in water, you can't see it anymore. It sort of disappears. So if you think about hormones, you have to think that they are chemical messengers in your body that are secreted directly into the blood. So what I was just saying about the the salt in the water, the hormones is the salt and the water is the blood. And that's why you can't see them. So these Uh, messengers, these hormones, they get carried by the blood and they get carried to organs and to tissues of the body to make sure that they function the way they should. 
And the way hormones work is different throughout your life from when you're a baby to when you are a child, a teenager and then an adult. There are many types of hormones and I'm not going to go through every single hormone that exists. I don't think I even like fully grasp how many hormones there are, but I'm going to try and limit it to the hormones that are important when it comes to your menstrual cycle. So all of these hormones, they act on different aspects of your bodily functions and processes. And you need to think about development of the body, for example. So what I've, what I just said about um, growing up, basically going from a baby to a child, to a teen, to an, um, an adult, um, it has an effect on the metabolism of your food. It has an effect on your sexual function and your reproductive growth and health. So think about when you are a um, child you're, and with men, for example, your testes sometimes haven't dropped fully yet or your voice hasn't dropped yet or you don't have any uh, body hair. This is all the work of hormones that come into action throughout your life. So where do these hormones come from? This is where it gets interesting because I'd heard about hormones, but I always, I don't know what I thought they were. These, these sort of magical little light flashes that go through your body or something like that. But your hormones come from your endocrine system and your endocrine system is really interesting. So the endocrine system consists of different organs. You can also call them glands. And they produce different types of hormones that target specific things in the body. And you have these glands all over your body, in your neck, in your brain, your reproductive organs like your uterus and your ovaries, they're all over your body. Some of them you might recognize, some of them you might never realize that they are glands in the endocrine system. Um, and for myself, I try to make a little analogy as to what this looks like. I'm a visual learner. I don't know about you, but I'm a very visual learner. And reading all of these things can sometimes get a little bit complicated, especially when there's a lot of big words in there. So I try to make an analogy for myself so that I understand a little bit better and I have a visual image of how this endocrine system works. And the only thing I could think about, or one of the things that popped into my head straight away, was the film Inside Out from Disney, Pixar? <laughs> I never know. I don't know if, if you know this film, but just to sort of recap a little bit, Inside Out is a film about um, emotions in the body. And so so this is a, um, uh, I think originally a children's film, but I have the feeling that every adult loves this film. Um, so it's an animated film where every emotion, and in this case they have the emotion joy, sadness, anger, fear and disgust, they are all little imaginary beings that live in someone's brain. They get to store core memories and these memories look like these little glowing glass balls into the brain onto certain islands and every island is um, a place where these core memories come together and you need to think about like happy memories, sad memories, important memories. Those are the little islands that these emotions store the memories to. So when I look at the endocrine system, 
I, I think of this analogy. But in this case, the brain is where the most important role of sending the messages to the other glands is starting. So the brain produces the sort of glowing glass balls that I was talking about. But in this case, it's going to be these messages to the other glands. And the other glands are the ones that are producing the hormones that are being sent towards um, the body to start processes. So if you think about inside out, you have all of those emotions. So that starts in the brain. All of these little workers are sending messages to the glands in the body. And from those glands, these glass balls, these hormones are being sent to the rest of the body to start certain processes. I hope that that helps you. It really helps me to sort of think how this endocrine system works. So what are the glands that I'm talking about in your body? The main glands in the endocrine system are, to start with in the brain, you have three important ones. You've got the hypothalamus, the pituitary gland, and I'm probably saying this very wrong, so pardon my French, and the pineal gland. Those are the three that you can find in your brain. The hypothalamus controls the whole endocrine system. It uses information from the nervous system, which is going through your spinal cord in your back and is attached to everywhere in your body. And it knows when to tell the other glands to start producing hormones. So the hypothalamus controls many processes and it also um, controls your mood, your hunger or your thirst, for example. Then in the brain, we've got that pituitary gland. <laughs> I have no idea if I'm saying this correctly. I should have Googled it. Um, this is sort of the little helper of the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland sends messages to other glands like the pineal gland, which is also in the brain, the thyroid and the ovaries to start producing hormones. And one of the functions of the pituitary gland is to look after how the body grows. Then we have the pineal gland, also in the brain, and this one releases the hormone melatonin, which you've maybe heard of before, and it regulates your deep sleep. So all of our little workers that have been working in those glands up top in the brain are sending their messages or their hormones to the other glands in the body. The next gland that you need to think about is your thyroid and you can find this in the neck. Your thyroid is responsible for your metabolism and that means how your body uses its energy. So how fast or slow you break down your food and how fast or slow this gets um, taken, up, taken up into the body to um, use it as energy. You also have the what's called the para, parathyroid gland, excuse me, and you can find this behind the thyroid uh, in the neck. And this sort of consists of four little glands. It looks a bit a bit like a butterfly, I would say, all, all together. And it controls your body's levels of calcium. So your heart, your kidneys, your bones and your nervous system can work properly with that. And maybe when, when you hear thyroid as well, you might have heard about, about hypothyroid, 
hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism. Um, hyperthyroidism means that you have an overactive thyroid, hypo and underactive thyroid. And with hypothyroidism, most of the time it means that you um, are tired a lot or a lot more. And with hyperthyroidism, it means that you are a little bit on edge, you can't sleep well, you uh, might lose weight quickly. Um, and it's both things that you really need to talk to your GP about and to get it um, sorted and see if you can get help with that. All right, the next few glands that we need to think about then after that thyroid is the adrenal glands. And you can find those on top of the kidneys, so a little bit lower in the body. They control your metabolism, your blood pressure and your response to stress. Really important glands. Then we've got the pancreas. You can find that one behind the stomach. This is a big guy and it has two jobs as it works for the endocrine system, but also for the digestive system. This guy has two jobs, is working a lot, and the pancreas releases a hormone called insulin, which I'm going to talk about uh, in a little bit as well. And insulin controls the level of uh, level of sugar in your blood. But we're going to come back to that one. I just want to go through all of the um, glands in the endocrine system first. Last one to talk about, or last two basically, are the ovaries. You know where the ovaries are. They are next to the uterus and they release the sex hormones called estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. You might know them because I talk about them a lot and they are the main characters in your menstrual cycle. So going to that menstrual cycle then, we've talked about the endocrine system. So everything in your body throughout your life is being monitored a little bit about obviously the nervous system, the digestive system and the endocrine system. And you can understand how important this last system is and how important your hormones are. And maybe you already understand a little bit now as well when I said at the beginning that you might feel hormonal, you do because those hormones are going through your body every single day, all the time, they don't rest. They are very hard workers. Um, I want to talk about the hormones of the menstrual cycle because that's what I'm interested in mostly. So as I said before as well, this is a lot more complex than what I will be going through today. Um, and to keep it short and sweet, I will only discuss the ones that I thought are the most important ones in your menstrual cycle system each month. And I'm going to talk about five hormones no more than that let me see one two three four five six seven seven hormones um, that play a huge role in your menstrual cycle the first one you know about her it's estrogen you've heard about estrogen before estrogen is uh, coming from the ovaries and in small amounts also is being secreted by the adrenal gland and some fat cells Estrogen participates in ovulation and is responsible for thickening that uterine lining in anticipation of a pregnancy when or if I should say a pregnancy happens. So this is why estrogen is rising in the first half of your cycle in that follicular phase 
And the follicular phase is named after the growing follicles in your ovaries. The follicle is the sort of little sac in which an egg lives and travels. In that follicular phase, your estrogen levels are rising. Um, then we've got ovulation at some point. That's when that egg is being released from the ovary. And then estrogen is trying to keep up with everything to make sure that the uterine lining is nice and thick so that a pregnancy can occur. Then we have hormone number two, progesterone. In the endocrine system, progesterone is being secreted by the ovaries and it starts to come to the scene around ovulation. It is mainly prevalent during that luteal phase, so the second half of your menstrual cycle. Why is it called the luteal phase? It's called the luteal phase because that follicle that we talked about earlier, that little sac that the egg lives in has now been secreted sorry has now secreted an egg and is leaving behind what's called the corpus luteum so the the empty sac basically and that empty sac is the signal for progesterone to start working or the signal for the ovaries to start secreting progesterone and that progesterone is keeping the uterine lining nice and thick and ready for an a fertilized egg if that is happening if this doesn't happen this fertilized egg so no pregnancy it means that progesterone levels will fall again and the uterine lining doesn't stay thick and start shedding aka your menstruation We've done estrogen, progesterone, testosterone is the next one. This is also secreted by your ovaries, but also by your adrenal glands and is present in much smaller amounts in um, assigned female at birth people than in assigned male at birth people. So it's present during and right after ovulation and that testosterone peak will make you feel sexy it's also the sex calls of the sex hormone uh, it will make you feel sexy and sort of ready to mingle ready to mate and get out of there um, and your body knows when the best time is to get pregnant and it will tell you this through this testosterone peak it's quite funny how that works how it's actually sort of your body taking over rather than you thinking oh i'm i'm up for it um the fourth hormone that's important uh, during the menstrual cycle is something that is called the follicle stimulating hormone, also called FSH. It is being secreted by the pituitary glands. There we have it again. And this hormone stimulates the follicles in the ovaries to mature. So you have to go back a little bit here. So before the ovaries is secreting an egg, the pituitary gland will uh, give a signal through the follicle stimulating hormone to the ovaries to start maturing those follicles. That was FSH. Then we have another abbre abbreviation, <laughs> difficult word, um, LH, luteinizing hormone. 
This also comes from your pituitary gland and luteinizing hormone manages estrogen and it is secreted to trigger the release of a mature egg from a follicle. So you can imagine that luteinizing hormone is very active around ovulation. We've got two more hormones to get through. One of them is insulin, in insulin. <laughs> I could never say that word. Insulin, there we go, um, which is a very important hormone. And you you have to go back a little bit when we talk about insulin. So when you consume carbohydrates in your food, which you need, by the way, please, people, you need carbs. Um, when you consume carbohydrates, your body breaks this down into glucose, so sugar. This glucose can be absorbed by the bloodstream. And when that happens, your pancreas is triggered. So another part of that endocrine system is triggered by this and it starts secreting the hormone insulin. Insulin then regulates the amount of glucose in the body, so your blood sugar levels, and how the body uses the glucose for energy. Because this is why carbohydrates are important. It is giving you energy. The more glucose enters the body, the more insulin is being secreted. But if there's an issue with the insulin balance, then there can be an issue with the blood sugar levels. And this can often be associated with menstrual irregularities and reduced fertility, for example. If you want to know more about this and about your blood sugar levels and how this affects your menstrual cycle, then listen to the episodes that I did with Cara. I think that was episode five about how your blood sugar levels are very important when it comes to menstruation related issues. She um, is a lot more eloquent on this topic than I am. So please go listen to that episode and uh, listen to what Cara has to say about that. Last hormone that I want to talk about today is cortisol. This is one of my enemies, I always think, because this is the stress hormone. And you need a bit of stress, you need a bit of cortisol, but it, you don't need too much of it. And cortisol is being secreted by, here we go, these are three very difficult words because it's a big word, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis in the brain, the HPA, HPA hypothalamic hypothalamic, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. You've listened to me just butcher up words today. Um, but hey, English is not my first language, so I can pull that card. So uh, little bits of cortisol, like I said, are a good thing. It's a healthy amount of stress. Think about that. But chronically high levels of cortisol, which I can sometimes suffer from, I think, can disrupt some very important processes in the body think about ovulation, think about the fluctuation of your hormone levels and all of this can obviously have an effect on your menstrual cycle and on your fertility. So there you have it. Very long story but hopefully a little bit more broken down for you and understandable that when we think about hormones you need to think about all the bodily functions and processes in your body are being directed by hormones. Those hormones are being directed by 
the endocrine system. And one of the main things of the endocrine system is that hypothalamus, the, the, the big gland in the brain that is sort of orchestrating that whole endocrine system in itself. Then when you look at your menstrual cycle, you've got those, um, how many did I talk about? Seven hormones that play a huge role in how your menstrual cycle goes up and down, how it works, how it's healthy, how it might not be healthy. It all comes down to that endocrine system and to those hormonal balances or imbalances. And that's the last thing I want to end on here is when you think about hormonal balances or imbalances, there are many things that are affecting your endocrine system, the way the glands work and the way your hormones work. And what you need to think about is, for example, what you eat. Nutrition is a really important part because you need certain nutrients, you need minerals, you need vitamins, you need those macronutrients, so the carbohydrates, the proteins and the fats to make your body tick. But it is not just that. We live in a world where we are watching screens all the time. This is messing up our endocrine system and our hormonal balances. We are living in a society where, quote unquote, the grind is causing more and more people to end up with stress levels that are absolutely through the roof. We also use products that can disrupt this endocrine system and the way it is secreting hormones. Think about your shampoo, think about the things you you put on your face, your, your daily products, your makeup. Now, I'm not saying that we should all start reading all of the labels of everything that we use in every product, but I do think that it's good to just realize how many what's called endocrine disruptors are going around in our society. And sometimes you can do something about that and sometimes you can't and that's okay too. But I think where it starts for most of us is understanding how the body works, understanding how the endocrine system and your hormones are having an effect on the way you are feeling, on the way your body is working, think about your digestive system, think about the amount of headaches you have, think about your mental health. It all starts with understanding what's happening in the body and then you can make informed decisions because that's something that I also tell my clients all the time as well. You are the best person to decide what's best for you. Use this information the way you want it, but educate yourself. I think that's the main thing. And again, like I said in the beginning, I will post all of the um, information that I've used in my research in the show notes so you can have a go at all of those books yourself if you want to. Um, 
Last thing for me to say is I am loving reading your period stories. Some of you have already sent in a few lovely stories about your menstrual cycle, about your periods, and I want to have more because I want to make a whole episode on it. So please do send me your stories about your periods, about your hormones, about your research, about what you have found within your life that was helpful for you for example and might be helpful for others. This can be a happy story, a sad story, a funny story, anything that you can think of. Please send them to hello at theperiodpt.com. That's hello at theperiodpt.com. There will be a new website soon. Uh, Theperiodpt.com will be happening very, very soon. I'm still working on it, but I'm very excited to share all of uh, my podcast ideas but everything that I'm doing at the moment with you and then you can also see how you can work with me as your personal trainer if you'd be interested in that. I hope all of this information was helpful for you and I hope you have a bloody brilliant week. See you soon.